morning and welcome to AV Daybreak. I'm here with Jared Hillman as always. How are you, Jared? Morning, Mark. I'm doing well. Yes, you're, you're fording, but, fording rivers and braving snow. The biggest takeaway from my day already is that I'm wearing a hat. <laughs> and that's, that, 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 that summarizes where I'm at in the week is that it, today was a hat day. That's you are not, you're not a normally, a, you're not normally a hat guy. You've got this, got this full head of hair. You yeah. like to show it off a little bit about Jared. He yep. likes, he likes showing off the locks. Sometimes I tilt my webcam. I, I tilt my webcam just so you can see my hair. I, I believe it. I think you, <laughs> I think you and Matt Scott from Omega AV may have something in common. You both have, you both have that can, those Canadian flowing locks going up there. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's in the water. It's in the water. It's it's because it's actually water still. You you actually have water. It could be Wa water that comes from a from a a stream or a spring. I think people go to where you're yeah. at just to bottle water, right? You know, there is actually a company that does purchase water, rebottle it, and sell it back to us. There was a, a bit of a thing about that. There was a bit of, a bit of a thing about that. But I. But, uh, yeah, I I remember when I lived in uh, when I lived in northern Idaho, we lived up uh, in this little town called Wallace, it's like a little silver mining town, and you know nothing to do for like four hundred people. You know we had we had a convenience store. We didn't even have a real grocery store in our town. You had to drive about fifteen miles to get to a grocery store in another town next door. Um, but we used to hike up to where the water actually flowed right out of the right out of the stream into the water tank through some filters. You know. Yep. Yeah. So I, I love that. That, and that, was awesome. that was good. Yeah, it, it was real water. Uh, so, hey, well, real water is a good thing, right? Yeah. It wasn't California water. Did you see? <laughs> you can't, you can't drink California water, man. You can't, <laughs> you, you, you can't, can't drink California stream water, man. You can't. Did you see Aaron um, Brockovich? You got to worry, you got to worry about chromium. <laughs> you got to worry about chromium out here. That's right. Yeah. Uh, hey, quick, quick note. Did you see? So last week, I actually got to, uh, I got to do, uh, I see both of us were busy with, with podcasts, although yours maybe had a little bit more relevance. Um, it looks like you, you, you kicked out a podcast um, for, for your, for your company. I did. I forgot about that. But no, yeah, yeah. We, did, we did that. Yes, I did that. It, it was the first podcast that I've done for Tangram. They started a podcast. They're two episodes deep. And uh, so on episode two, they asked me to, to come play along. So I did. It was great. And what is the, what is the focus of this now? Like so what, what's the angle? Of, of the Tangram podcast in general or the episode that I did? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes to both. <laughs> um, you <laughs> yes. know, we, we work with a lot of different verticals as a furniture company. We do a lot of corporate work. We do a lot of education work. We, you know, we do a lot of, we have a lot of clients from the furniture side. And so, um, you know, what we're kind of thinking was we were going to mix up those, those verticals and those kind of people in those different areas. So the first one was on diversity in the workplace. And it was with, um, you know, like, a a uh, real estate manager from a large real estate firm. And the, the second one, they wanted to do something on education, but they wanted to do something K-12. And uh, I remember my kids had a really great seventh grade teacher who did flipped classroom and was really into tech. And I thought she may be someone to talk to that would be fun to talk to about 
number one, how she kind of broke that barrier of, you know, technology, because I think every teacher is struggling that with this this year, right? They've done their job one way for 20, 25 years. And, yep. and all of a sudden tech has to be part of the classroom, whether they wanted it to be or not. Um, and so anyways, yes. yeah, we got to, I got to, uh, I got to enlist someone who uh, two of my children had for math uh, in seventh grade. And she was, she was a great guest and it was her first podcast ever. And uh, she just really got to talk about what she does in the class, tools she uses, um, ways that she, the way she got started um, and really break down for other teachers, like maybe some, some little unlocks to, uh, to getting, you know, comfortable being in the technology world now. And I thought, I thought it was awesome. I mean, I think I tried to just be a fly on the wall and ask a couple questions and shut up, honestly, because what am I going to offer to that conversation? But um, it was fun. I, I think it was different for me. And I think it was uh, probably valuable for people in that, you know, that are teaching every day. So I was proud to provide something that might be valuable. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I only asked you about your podcast so that I could selfishly talk about a cool podcast I was on what, last what? week and not feel <laughs> bad about it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, wait a second. Let me, let me do this. So you don't have, Hey Jared. Yes. I, I heard you were on a podcast last week. Oh man. I can't believe you're asking me this. I'm so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> you know what I, so I was on, I, I, I got to be part of, um, have you seen this? The let's do video. Oh, podcast. The, it's Kelly Perkins. David, and David, David Maldo. Yeah. Maldow. Yes. Is it Dow and, or Dow? Uh, so it's Dow, right? Like Dow I mean, chemical or is it Doe or is it a deer? I don't know. Female deer. Mal Dow. Maldow. <laughs> Maldow. Gotcha. Oh no. Brown Maldow. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I got to be on that podcast and uh, it was not, I would not say we covered the same topics as you. I would say we went a different route with things, but it was, uh, it was super fun. And the way that they have it set up, um, yeah, they the do it they kind have, of like a virtual tonight show, right? Yeah, you would love it. I think you would love it because you and I talk quite a bit about the boring PowerPoint that comes across on Zoom and how, you know, Zoom is disengaged, not Zoom as a platform, just sort of video conferencing can be disengaging for, for participants, right? And uh, they he kind of found a really cool, fun way to do it. And um, I, I advise you all to check it out. I would probably start with my episode if it were me, um, but, you know, teach their own. It was, it was fun. It was, it was really fun. It was a show about, it was similar to ours. It was a show about nothing. Uh, we talked about um, things to do that are inappropriate on video conferencing. We talked about Canada, of course, uh, but I digress. Nope. It was a nobody, good show. Nobody it pulled it. Nobody pulled, fun a people too. nobody pulled a tube in. It was okay. Right. Like that was, we talked about tube in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, anyways, you know, I, I, I'm happy that you got to be a guest on another podcast. I'm glad this show has, has given you a, a launch board to go other places, Jared. My phone is ringing off the <laughs> hook is what I'm saying. Well, speaking of phones and ringing off the hook, um, yes. I did I like some, I did one. something. You like that? That's segue. Um, segue. It's a segue. Um, I, uh, I did something. For segue. <laughs> I, hadn't, I did something I hadn't done before for the show. Um, yesterday, I put out one of my little pop quizzes on uh, on Twitter and uh, just threw out a, a quick little uh, Ohm's Law thing, you know, wattage, wattage equals, right. you know, voltage times blank. 
and uh, said, hey, winter gets to be on AVDA break. And then, um, which means, you know, four people were super excited. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so we, we, we have today, we're going to call Kevin Hartman. And Kevin is our first ever guest who's, who won, who won the opportunity to be on the show today. Isn't that awesome? What's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome that we're considering it a win, a win? to be on our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, to, well be decided, cool. to be decided, Kevin will decide if it was yeah, a win or, he'll win or let not us know later. If he actually, yeah, did you win? I don't know. Exactly. So I'm going to call it, Does uh, anyone win? Does anyone really win? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let me call Kevin real quick. Kevin. Good Hello. morning. Good morning. Good Hi, morning, Mark. sir. How are you? Morning. You're... Morning, Jared. How are you? Good morning. Jared's wearing oh, Jared's me. wearing a hat. It's okay. Hump Week, Hat Week. I'm really sad. Yeah, I, I've got my. I'm a Dodgers fan. I, I had my uh, my Dodgers hat in the background here. It was ready to go. Yeah. That's you amazing. dug it out of storage. I dug, it, I you dug be... it out of storage, just like I had the last couple of years. It stays in storage <laughs> to the World Series and. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's gone away after, you know, Dave Roberts uh, blows it, but uh, <laughs> miraculously the other manager blew it this year. Are you, are you an active Dodgers fan or are you a now, are you like, are you like a, um, like a holiday fan? We, I, you know, you know, there's like, there's two times, there's kind of like two types of Catholics. There's like devout Catholics and then there's holiday Catholics and those, mm -hmm. like the ones that attend, you know, uh, Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas. What, what, which one do you fit into as a Dodgers fan? Are you a devout? Uh, I'm, more the, uh, I'm more towards the devout, but not super devout. Okay. I follow them during the regular season. What it was, when I was in, basically, I saw Star Wars and I was like three or four, and I was like, I want to make movies. That's all I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> and so when I got into high school, I started studying radio and TV, and I had an internship at a local TV station. And I was just like, well, hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to root for the Dodgers. Oh. Right? That's oh, what wow. everyone else does. Yeah, I get it. That's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I was, you know, mid-90s with Piazza, Mondesi. Yeah. So you uh, didn't... Carol's, those guys, yeah. You didn't jump in, you didn't jump in for the Kirk Gibson walk-off then? You weren't no, no, Kirk was, I, I remember, I still remember watching the Gibson home run. I was, yep. I was 10 years old. My, um, I remember watching, I was in my parents' room. My parents went out that night. My grandmother was uh, babysitting my sister and I, but I still remember watching the home run. Is you know, yeah. You know, when you're 10 years old, you play little league. It's like yeah. you know, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire. They were just, you know, yeah. especially Canseco at that time. He, he looks like Superman. Yeah. Thought, There's no way Oakland's gonna lose this series, and here comes Olympia Gibson up there. And, <laughs> you know. I I that was such an iconic game, and I'll I'll tell you, like I wasn't, you know, I I played a couple seasons of little league, so I'll tell you I'll tell you my level of of baseball skill. The, the two seasons of Little League I played, I got the most improved player trophy. So, which usually goes to <laughs> to to the ch child with with the least skill on the team. Right. <laughs> I I uh, I played second base. Um, so did little, I. Did you? Okay, yeah. I played second base for a little yeah. while. Um, I think when I stopped playing second base was when uh, one day, one day our, our pitcher, we had a pitcher on our little league team and this is in minors, you know, like, you know, like you're saying like 10, probably fifth, sixth mm -hmm. grade. Right. Um, 
So I'm an yep. 11 year old kid, 12 year old kid. We got a kid on this team that can throw like a 70 mile an hour, you know, pitch right down the middle. Um, he'd been done pitching and they put him at catcher and uh, somebody tried to steal and he fired the ball at me at about 70 miles an hour and it topped my glove and hit, and hit me in the forehead and knocked me flat on my Ouch. back. <laughs> oh. I think that was the last year I played little league. I think. Mm-hmm. And then surprisingly, no, I, I, ch- I choose kickboxing for my next sport where I get <laughs> punched in the face every day, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you want to defend yourself against those, against those, uh, those, those balls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember this, but my parents say uh, I had a ground ball hit to me once, and it took a funny hop, and it hit me square in the mouth, and you know, oh. chipped, chipped my two front teeth a little bit. I, I have no recollection of that. Yeah, usually, yep. you know, the, the five, ten so, seconds before and after a concussion are usually a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so where, you're, you're, in, you're in Buffalo? Yes. You're in Buffalo, Buffalo. New York? Yeah. And uh, I was listening to your show last week, um, guys, with the Steve and Jared's the same way here in Buffalo, like in Saskatchewan, when the snow starts flying for the first time, people forget how to drive. Yeah. And, and you would have that in between snow too, right? Like, you, like, yeah. like we'll get piles of it sometimes, but you, you've mm-hmm. got that in between. Sometimes it's just literally raining ice. Yep. The freezing rain. And that, that's the worst. Cause then you can't see out your windshield, you know, the ground's horrible, yep. the power lines and the branches are, are in danger then. So. And so yeah. you're at the university there. I'm, yeah, I'm, university pro, I'm profiling you. Are we profiling <laughs> this guy, Mark? Yeah. Let's, let's pro let's pro let's profile him. What it, are you part of the Canadian uh, national security agency? Uh, <laughs> is, there, is there an equivalent to that? There yeah. is. Um, yeah. Most people don't know that, but it's just because we're really good at what we do. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've been at um, I've been at UB for it'll be seven years next month. Wow. And before that, I worked in uh, TV news for thirteen years. And what I'm doing now is uh, I work in our school of management. So and we have something called um, digital access, which is um, we may have I have a classroom that I'm responsible for. I've got about. In, in pre-COVID times, I'd have about you know, 55, 65 cap room, but there'd be like three, four, five, six hundred people in the class or more. So we recorded. I have a small control room off the back of the classroom, and I've got a audio switcher, um, production view HD with some. I have uh, five PTZ cameras in the classroom. Yep. I've got three face. They're the old um, HD 19s, I think they are. So I've got three on the back wall facing the instructor, so I can capture the instructor, I can capture the chalkboard if they're using it, and I've got two um, facing the students if I ever need to use it or if they ever do like a video conference in the classroom. He, so, you are, so, so your TV news background definitely made it in the classroom because I think, I think a lot of schools are struggling with the, uh, we need to yes. add a second camera. You've, you've got five cameras and this was not a recent, five, yeah. this was not a recent addition. <laughs> No, no. The um, I believe from what I've been told from the faculty, right? Um, I had asked them because I was on a, I was on Joe Way's uh, higher ed podcast months ago, so trying to get more information about this. This program actually started up. This digital access program started up back in like 2005, 2006, and it's just kind of grown from there. So when I came in in fall of 13, you know, we had you know two cameras on either side, and then we we upgraded our room that summer, and so that's how we got the three, the three and the two. Um, I rarely show the students they kind of 
I question whether or not I should show students. I rarely show them. And the focus is on the instructor anyway. You want to see what the instructor is doing. You don't want to see the students in the room. So yeah. they're recorded. They go up to our lecture capture system, and then they are, um, you know, we're, we also live stream it. So a student has, you know, they can come to class, they can watch a live stream, they can watch the recording on demand later. Yeah, I like to say we were, we were kind of this hybrid, high flex model before anyone kind of knew what hybrid or high flex ever was. And is, is there only one classroom that supports that, Kevin, or are there multiple that have multiple use behind it? We have, um, we have other classrooms across the campus that have multiple cameras, but usually it's just like one for the instructor, one for the student. Right. Um, a lot of our rooms here, we have specifically here in our, in our two buildings in the School of Management, we have 11 classrooms. Um, we all have them. They're all equipped for either Panopto, which is our lecture capture system, or Zoom. And a couple of them have um, an auto tracker camera that just follows the instructor around. Um, I want to say it's one beyond, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Um, we have a couple other ones where we've got a, a newer video PTZ in the ceiling that the instructor, if they want to adjust the shot somehow, they can via the crush drum panel. And a few, um, probably one, two, three. I want to say three or four other rooms. We um, we put in a planner display monitor at the teaching station that had a camera and a microphone built right in. That's cool. So these, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny what you're saying that you built that around 2006 or so. And I know when I was doing some work with my marketing department on HyFlex, um, because honestly, I I knew about I knew about you know uh, distance learning, but I'd never heard really the term HyFlex until this year. Um, yeah, when I was when I was looking it up, I it's it's uh, you know high flex was was pretty much first used in that time frame 2006. It said you know that was kind of the first time people used that term. So I, again, I think COVID is one of those things like everybody keeps saying the pivot, but it seems like it's just the accelerant, right? It's it's a lighter fluid yeah. on on the fire that was already kind of smoldering in the background for people that were more forward thinking mm -hmm. like yourself and had some resources, and then all of a sudden people said, well. Let's really lean into, let's lean into this direction, you know, that, that we have out there. Yeah, absolutely. And you're seeing it too, I think, even with things like, like Zoom and, and Teams and other conferencing platforms, you know, Zoom was, you know, kind of built for what we're doing right now, right? You know, conferencing, you know, over a distance, it was never really in, you know, and, and Teams and, and WebEx and things like that. It was never really built for education. But now you're seeing, okay, well, how do we better, people are asking how do we better leverage these tools for education? Yeah. At a higher ed level and a K through 12. And I think that's why you see, you know, there is a company out there called um, Class EDU that is starting, trying to start up something called Class for Zoom. Um, there's something else called Engagely that's trying to, it's supposed to be a, a more teacher friendly Zoom, I guess. I don't know how best to explain it. So you're starting to see that because yeah, this stuff, they work, and I understand why they work. They're just not built yeah. for, for education, like I said. That's the yeah, you well, engage your students. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, for me, there, there are a couple hurdles. And, you know, like you'll see these, you'll see these systems with, you know, you see HyFlex or you'll see some of these mock-ups, um, you know, where you have like, oh, they've got like four screens in the back of the room, and those four screens are showing, you know, four different groups of nine students. Um, you can't really do that with Zoom. You can't split a gallery mode no. into four screens on an output and put nine kids on each screen. There's no like, 
you, you can run three, you can do near end, far end and gallery, you know, or content active speaker and gallery or whatever, but you're really kind of maxed out at three and you can't split the gallery up into multiple screens. So like you see some of these things and you're like, what are they doing to do that? Or are they just showing like what mm -hmm. the ideal is, but we know we really can't right. accomplish it. Um, and you could do it, I guess, on a video wall, but then you, depending on the bezels of, of a video wall, you've got maybe mm -hmm. lines going through people's Hollywood squares on the screen. Right. Um, and then so, uh, or you do direct view LED, then you don't have bezels, but then you have hundreds of thousands of dollars and you go to classroom, which isn't going to be effective or something right, exactly. that's approved, <laughs> you know? And the next thing I was going to say is that, that these rooms, they, they cost a lot of money to build a room like that. Like, yeah. That's not, yeah. So it's like, we don't, we don't have that. We're just, you know, like if the instructor is using Zoom in the class, they're just calling up Zoom their teaching station and yeah. sharing their screen. And they have, you know, the film strip on the side of the students or across the top, whatever they prefer. So. Yeah, but, but it's, but it's working. And that's, that's the interesting thing. So I, I from, from a business perspective, like I, I want because a lot of people listen to this and they, they're, they try to take away things for their, for their business. From a, a business perspective, when you see like everybody jumping on this, I mean, every other LinkedIn ad is some little note about doing something for distance learning or, you know, everybody's trying to get a piece of that CARES Act money, I guess, as it was flowing through the systems at some of the schools. You know, when you look at those things and you see people touting that kind of stuff, does it really even resonate with you or does it, you know, is it just kind of get pushed to the side because it like, like we've been doing that. I don't know. I mean, how much, how much do you look to the marketplace to help provide some of that innovation and how much of it do you kind of already know in house? Um, we kind of know more of it cause we were, you know, our, our central IT team, they over the summer did a fabulous job kind of equipping all of our classrooms across campus for either lecture capture and or zoom in some way, shape, perform so they were doing that um i i will look you know like i said about i'll i'll read the email i get the emails you know i, I get the phone calls <laughs> sometimes and yeah i'll at least consider so i'll look at some of the stuff i'm like oh hey that looks pretty cool and just kind of keep in the back of my mind but yeah yeah we're we're pretty happy with the year we have i mean yeah and, yeah. and it's not just it, it's funny it's not just like the, the conferencing stuff too it's you know back in march when we made the pivot like everyone else i had instructors saying oh yeah you should see the emails and the phone calls I'm getting from, you know, e-textbook vendors now. Like, like they were just, you know, it's like the lawyer chasing the ambulance, right? Wow. Yeah. No, I didn't even think about the professors being solicited mm -hmm. for, you know, yep. buying, buying things. And, the, for and, and you know, all their contact info is on that, is on that uh, <laughs> campus website. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. just got a call and I, I won't reveal the company, but I got a call and an email from somebody last week saying, oh, I spoke to your Dean about instructional technology and they said, yeah. hey, you were the person to talk to. And I'm looking at this going, I don't think my Dean just takes cold calls, number yeah. one. And number two, I'm not sure if he would have given my name out. He, he, said that, he said that the budget is in your hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, I, so, so a question for you actually is, mm -hmm. um, do you think, and be honest, who do you think has better production value, Kevin? Would you say the team that's behind the production of AV Daybreak has better uh, production value than your team that has to put out that the, the class lesson? And, and be fair, right? What do you think? Who? What kind of production value does your team put out? Because I see, I see that you guys, the, the class is available within 24 hours. So someone has to turn that around 
you know, somewhat high quality and, and we do it within 24 hours too. So I'm just curious. <laughs> well, we, that, that's, that's actually old. It's with, uh, if it's Panopto, it gets up within 20 minutes, 30 minutes sometimes. It just goes right up to the cloud. Okay, well, there's no point in talking about. Like, I don't want to. We don't want to. We don't have to hammer on this subject, Kevin. It's yeah, okay. sure, sure. We, we we'll we we'll call it even. We'll say we don't need the we'll lashing. say about the same. We don't need the yeah. lashing. <laughs> we'll say so. So within 20 minutes of a class ending, almost sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. As a student, I can jump on and watch. Correct. The, the whole or correct, rewatch. Yeah. Rewatch, correct. Yeah. Now, if the instructor's got to go in, or if I have to go in and say, "Hey, I need to edit," because you know, sometimes instructor they may not. You know, the recording starts at 1230. They may be still setting up. You know, I may go in and edit or the instructor may go in and edit off that like 30 seconds to a minute. And then it's got to reprocess, but it still then comes back in like an hour or so. It's ready to go for a student. That's, That's pretty crazy. cool. Yeah. I, I, I think I would have, I think I would have liked online school. Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked that. I took online classes a few years ago. I loved them. Yeah. And I think the other thing is too, it's, it, it comes down to a couple of things. You need an engaging instructor. You know, you can't just have the boring you know charlie brown kind of teacher do you have is there is is there like with your own within your own faculty do you guys teach or coach those that are going to teach online um we've done a little bit of that because our digital access program initially was only six core classes that were due because they were so large and all all the students in business school had to take them so just those six and then when we made the the pivot in march um we have an instructional designer who came on in, I want to say, late 18, early 19. So she'd been helping coach them up for online teaching. Um, right when we, we made the pivot in March, I led a number of training sessions um, in terms of lecture capture, how to, how to do it if you're going to be doing it at home, you know, how to do it if you are going to be coming to a classroom right. with nobody here. And we did some more over the summer. I helped train people both on Panopto and on Zoom. We may be getting teams as well, so maybe something else we'll have to show people. So it's a lot of, you know, one of the things I would always tell my the faculty was, yes, you're, you're still a teacher, you're still, you need to be engaged and you still need to get your content out there, but especially now you're also something of a storyteller because it's, it's a lot harder sometimes yeah. to get a point across over a video as opposed to seeing you in person. Right, yeah. That's, it's amazing. You know, I was, I was um, listening in one day, I have three kids at home and they do, you know, they do distance learning at least part of the week and they go in person some, mm-hmm. sometime during school as well. And uh, I was listening to my, my daughter is a senior in high school and she's taking an economics class and her economics professor, I really believe, well, he either is either very naturally engaging um, like Jared Hillman or, or he's, he's had some, he's had some coaching and he was doing his class and I loved the way, I loved the tempo of what he was doing. And he was doing things in a way that um, he kept the tempo high, but then he pointed out time. So he'd be talking and be like, well, let's talk about value added tax. He goes, so let's say you make a, you know, a widget, you know, like he goes, we call this federal tax. He goes, I call value added tax, federal tax. It's government, government taxes on products. You know, you have the soccer ball, and then somebody paints a soccer ball red and then they add a tax to that. And somebody puts a soccer ball in a box and they add a tax to that, you know, and he's just talking about the way it goes through. And then he'll be like, now route, now write this down. So he'll, he'll go at this kind of high pace, keep things engaging and fun, talking to the thing, making some little jokes back and forth. And then he points out times that students should be taking notes on certain things that he's about to say. 
and yep. he he does it in a way that they don't they don't feel like they have to keep up with that tempo in note taking but he gives those little pushes and that's when he'll switch to content he'll be like write this down and he'll put up the slide for this 15 20 seconds kids can screenshot write down what they're what he wants them to write down uh -huh. goes back into his storytelling and his high tempo and he just really highlights kind of those star moments like here are the 15 key concepts i'm going to hit and i'm going to make sure i point those out very specifically um, to give them time to take the notes and stuff and i thought that was really cool because he, number one you know lecture it's always hard to figure out what should i be writing down Right, like right. even in person, you're sitting there and you're and, like, oh my well, God, should I be writing it, all this in, down? <laughs> and, but in person, at least you have the social cues of yeah. everyone around you. Yes. Correct. Right, like, so when everyone around you puts their head down and starts writing, you're like, oh, I better, yeah, I, better start writing, yeah. I, be yeah. I better write this down too, mm -hmm. yeah. And we yeah. have, and some of our instructors do the same thing, but they'd be teaching, they, you know, they're, they're going off and they're like, okay, I'm gonna, I want you to write this down, this will be an exam. And, and they'll even repeat the point. Yeah. And they'll say what they wanna say, and then say, I'm gonna say it one more time, make sure everyone has it, or they'll leave up their, you know, their spreadsheet or their PowerPoint slide for a few extra seconds. Be like, all right, just take a look at that, let it sink in. Yep. Yeah, it's a little different now when you know you have maybe less than 20 people in a classroom and everyone else is at home watching. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think that contrast. You know, we talk about uh, being engaging. Contrast is is something that typically, you know, helps hold attention. Right? Is alternating modes between. Yeah you know, that higher and that lower energy or talking and writing or any of those things, as opposed to, like Jared said, um, Charlie Browning it monotone at, at the front of the room, <laughs> um, which, which yeah, I will, it's hard I will admit. You don't know. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was say, and it's hard too, because, you know, if, if you're doing a Zoom class, not every student has their, their camera on for one, you know, maybe for one reason or the other. And you can't, I, I, I don't, I don't subscribe to the, if you need to force them to have it on. You know, so you don't necessarily know how engaged they are. And right? I think you can, you can do the polls and it's also harder if, you know, say it's a, like a 200 person class on Zoom. Are you going to go through each gallery, you know, click yeah. through each page of the gallery view to make sure see who's got a question or not? Yeah, that's why you kind of almost, you almost need like that, that TA, that second set of eyes as well to help you kind of run a class. Really the, the, the other challenge too, right, is I think, I think strong presenters you know, they feed off the energy of the group as well, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, they contribute to it, but they also feed yeah. off of it. Um, I just was going, I'm going through your LinkedIn here, Kevin. Yeah, I need to and, update that. <laughs> well, what I'm curious of is where did you go to school for, you have a Bachelor of Science. And where, mm -hmm. where, where did you get that? And, and the reason I'm asking is because I kind of want to take the same class. It looks like you've got a Bachelor of Science that's focused in communication. That's cool specializing in video design, which is fine. But this is the cool one is that it also, it looks like focused in communication, specializing in video design and criticism. Yeah. And I, was... I think, I think I could get my BS in criticism too. I think <laughs> I, I, I think I could do that. I, I, I probably could challenge that exam actually yeah. if, if we had to get down to it. So That's I went cool. to, um, I graduated from SUNY Fredonia where it's about uh, 45 miles south west of Buffalo. Yep. Small school, about 5,000 students, small school. Um, but yeah, I was a communication major, and then you could specialize in audio or video or PR. Or criticism. And criticism, yeah. And I, I Talk to me video. about criticism. Uh, criticism. Hmm. It was, you know, okay, so we're watching a film, and maybe we're kind of critiquing, okay, why, you know, what does this kind of lighting 
mood set set up for you? Where, where do you what, what is um, the what is the director trying to convey? You know, why are we? What is this? You know, say a late motif. Uh, there's something called a late motif, which I mean, what which I if I remember right means you hear a certain sound always for a character or something like in you know the, the example our instructor like the you know, ominous tone. Yeah, like the instructor, the example when he examples the instructor use, and I don't know if this is a perfect example, is I think it's more score would be like if you're watching Jaws, whenever you hear that, nah, 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 right. you know, you, you know, the sharks coming. And uh, another one they kind of used, and I'm, I think I may be paying, playing a little fast and loose with the actual definitions here is um, if you watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, yep. you know, when the, when the parents come, it's like ding dong, yep. then it gets louder, ding dong, then it gets really loud and deeper ding dong yeah. you know that's something like that the characters are coming in oh okay i i envisioned i i thought you had a class where you just got to sit in a theater and go that's not real i did take a couple of rhetoric classes too yeah, yeah. so i mean we, we had some theory behind it but it was it was more hands-on well, there's no way a team of dogs could protect an entire town <laughs> that's correct <laughs> well i feel that's impossible I feel I feel better just learning about latent motifs because you know, I think I have a late motif and it, it's kind of like when I, because when I come in a room, there's usually like an audible sigh, but I'll, I'm just going to take that as my, <sighs> here, comes, oh, the tech, here comes the tech guy. He's yeah. going to ask us silly questions uh, about workflow. Uh, that guy again. Make sure you listen to him or else he's going to kick you through a wall. <laughs> so then what, what made you get your, uh, Kevin, then, then I see down further, you are a CTS. Mm-hmm. Um, a certified technology specialist. What what made you go? What made you go that route? Because by then, by then, what were you doing? Video production for almost ten years. Mm -hmm. um, Longer. Well, my um, my supervisor at the time, the he told myself and a couple of my colleagues, he says, "We're going to send you to Infocom, and you're going to get your CTS." So we um, we went out. Orlando early. or Vegas? Vegas. Okay. Um, That's just I, I don't think that one of you guys know Justin Watts. He was uh, yeah. one of the instructors for my yeah. He's one of the instructors for my three-day class. And um, so we did it. And to this day, it remains the hardest exam I have ever taken, honestly. Wow. Harder um, than, than criticism? Yes. I, I barely <laughs> passed. I, I honestly feel like if I had gotten one more question wrong, I probably would not have passed the exam. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I was. But yeah, I've, every, I've been very... I don't want to say fortunate, but you know, with um, with COVID out happening, actually, we had the online infocom this year. Virtual, yep. I was actually, I was able to attend it, and I was able to attend the virtual um, Hetma show that Joe Way is doing. Those are two things that, had they been in person, probably wouldn't have been able to do. So, was, you know, and, and I'm also, you know, with infocom or Vixen now doing the, um, you know, they had a lot of their classes um, for free in the spring, yep. so I was able to still sign up for them, and I still have, um, yeah, I'm taking. Um, the network technology class online right now. I'm taking AV math for class or AV math design AV math online right now. I still have about a month left for each of those before they expire. So I'm just taking those. Um, so I really, I found myself the last couple of years just really getting more and more interested in computing, you know, on the networking side and the cybersecurity side. And while I may, I'm considering, you know, potentially a D or an I also, yeah. I'm also considering, you know, do I want to, get a CCNA? Do I want to get a, a CompTIA A plus, you know? Are any of the, in your, on your, um, on, in, in your access classroom, are any of the broadcast components network-based or are you still running uh, kind of that traditional 
We're still running the traditional. We got to get the VMPS. Yeah, um, we just put a, a Wolf Vision. Um, I think I fourteen new document camera in, and that does okay. have IP control, so it's you know, IP controlled by our DMPS. But um, all our cameras, they're all going into the body switcher. The body switcher is going into the restaurant box. Yep. Nothing, nothing AV over IP yet, as far Not as. Not yet, no. Any any hesitation to go that route? I don't know. Um, doesn't, I don't think we really talk about it too much, at least here in the school, our central IT team to be talking about a little more. Um, yeah, it, it's going to happen at some point, obviously. It's, it's a matter of when, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it's interesting. Right now, it's just a matter of time. And we have so many different flavors out there. Like, we're a Crestron shop, so if and when our university did it, we would probably go NVX. You know, but you have, again, you know, Extron's flavor, um, you know, well, you have, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many out there. Yeah, yeah. it's the, You've, yeah, that's... E-textbook e guys calling you? <laughs> Not yet, no. <laughs> like the, the joke about the, yeah, we have standards, just pick one of the 15. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, just one. yeah. Well, I think the hesitation is 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 probably I would assume a, a little bit of latency or sync. I, I would imagine. Like I think AV over IP, they've 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 squashed most of that. But yeah, could be. Yeah, I, I think mean, I, I think in the broadcast world, there's there's still concern for that, right? Is that I'm not in that world, but I I can see that being a concern. Yeah, and um, when I was in broadcast, um, the last eight to ten years I was there, we we went away from tapes. We went to a, a server-based playout, so all of our our video clips, our packages, our videos—they were all coming off of a server. Our right. editor would edit them, and then they would just instead of throwing out a tape, they just they send it to a a clip a placeholder basically in the in the news rundown. So everything was coming off of that. Um, you know, in terms of you know, obviously Zoom, we're, we're it's pretty instantaneous with the Panopto when we live stream. It is about a, a thirty-second latency if you're watching a live stream, but I got to say, in all the times I've live streamed classes, it's never been an issue because if you're a student watching, you know, you don't know, you know, if right. you're in the classroom and you call up the live stream, yeah, then you're going to see, obviously it's delayed, but yeah. Yeah. It doesn't bother anybody. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you, there's not an interactive component component where you have to, you know, where you have to be talking live to someone mm -hmm. else and you, you realize that the delay is there. So it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, right. uh, it's live I mean, to a, the person watching it. There's a discussion thing. Exactly. I mean, there's a discussion thing. So if a student had a question, if they are watching a live stream, they could type in a question. And with me being in the booth, I can monitor that and I can get on the, the loudspeaker and tell the instructor, hey, you know, there's a question, you know, can you go over problem number 12 again? Or can you elaborate on this point? Oh, yeah. I, so even, I like, so even, I like you, that they have, have a booth. Quite engaged. Yeah, yeah, I have a small <laughs> booth. The man behind the curtain. Yeah, anyway, yeah basically, yeah. That's what they call it. That's what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm taking away from this? I think every university needs to hire somebody from the broadcast world to just have on staff. I mean, in, I joked a know, couple in, years ago. I was at an, and I was at NAB and and uh, I was working for Vadio, who you've mentioned multiple times. I worked I worked at Milestone, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and who you mentioned, Jared Kelly Perkins. She used to be at Vadio. There's a there's a big Vadio through line here in all of our conversations. I think, but uh, you know, we were at, never heard of her. We were at NAB, National Association of Broadcasters, which is a big 100,000 person trade show mm -hmm. in Las Vegas, usually in the spring. And, um, you know, we were working there. I was working in the Vadio booth 
and you know you've got all these you know you've got all these high-end you know tv camera companies and switching companies and all sorts of stuff going on and then we've got these little cameras and uh you know i kind of looked over at you know in I looked over at my uh, my boss at the time, and I'm like, you know what? Like everybody's in broadcast now. It's like this used yeah. to be a show for TV stations and movie producers and things like that. But you know, if you're a if you run distance learning, you're in broadcast. If you're streaming your church service, you're mm -hmm. in broadcast. You know, like if you're doing corporate town hall meetings that you're pushing out, you're in broadcast. And I I really I think at that show, I think that was about four five years ago. I realized that mm -hmm. pretty much everybody was going to be in broadcast at some point, you know, like every business yeah, yeah, is out of the bottle broadcast component. And we had a lot of um, what you were talking about with your classroom, this, your access room, digital access room. We had a lot of people coming to us and saying that, like, I have a four person talking head show and I don't need four cameramen in a room to do this talking head show. Three people sit at preset spots in the room and there's a host and we do a show. He goes, I need one operator in a booth with a production switcher with three mm -hmm. high def or 4k PTZ cameras with presets. And that's good enough for like what we're doing. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't need four people in the room framing these cameras. They, they literally sit there with the camera in one static position, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and go between two zoom levels. Like I don't need somebody standing yeah. there to do that. And so, um, but listening to all you seems like you've brought from, your work for that, you know, what, 13 years, right? At the TV station. Was that, yeah. is that right? Mm -hmm. From your 13 years yeah. producing news, like that has a ton of value. It sounds like to you, to your university, and especially today with creating content that's worth watching. And that's, I think part of it, yeah. right? Like oh. we, we can all stream something, but who wants to watch it? Right. I mean, Oh, exactly. You know, I was in, um, there's another webinar I was in yesterday and I don't want to get into names of people and companies, but yeah. one of the individuals is from uh, the auto, you know, a company that did the auto tracking cameras. Yep. And there was a little bit of a discussion. I brought up a point. It's like, well, say you put two of these cam, two auto trackers in a room. Do you, do they switch on their own? If somebody moves, does just one follow? How does this work? And there's a little bit of the a very short discussion about that. And then finally it came out as well. You, you want multiple cam camera angles if you want to be engaging. Yep. You know, right have one shot yeah, it's like yeah the auto tracker some of them can if a person stays in one spot long enough yeah they'll zoom in get a tighter shot but it's still just one camera kind of following somebody around and do do we want one camera do you want to be able to go back and forth you know our um our um professional and executive mba programs that we have here a couple years ago they we went to a, a hybrid model and hybrid for these guys is okay my students, you come to class once one week, then you don't come back to class for like another three weeks. But in between those three weeks, you're watching recordings of uh, your instructor giving a short lecture. And those recordings were either me um, working with me in our digital access classroom, the instructor could, you know, walk around, you know, lecture and use the chalkboard and I would bounce between cameras and or PowerPoint slides and Excel as needed. Or we built a, um, we call it a pocket studio. So we built a small studio with a camera and a giant screen behind them where instructors can go in and they can just lecture that way as well. And then we just, you know, put like a full screen graphic at the beginning and the end, you know, with you know, copyright, you know, the, our SOM logo at the end and, you know, title slide at the beginning is what, is what the 
topic of the lecture was. So we are, you know, increasing our production value that way. Our, um, our engineering school, they built a, um, a small studio as well for some hybrid classes. And they went, um, they went with a black magic switcher. They went uh, green screen potentially. So, you know, just to really increase your production value because it's, it, this isn't just, you know, stick a camera in the back of the room of a 500 person lecture hall and call that lecture capture anymore. It's, it's, yeah. See, and that's what I, in this era now, you just, that's can't. what I, that's what I envision. And so yeah. I, yeah, I, I like the idea of you take someone that, that, that produced the news, you know, something as, I, I mean, I, I want to air quote it, but something as boring as the news, right? Mm -hmm. Someone that produced that and made it engaging and, 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 um, <clears throat> interacted with the audience that's what i would i would rather watch a class that like you said changed angles changed content kind of had yeah. had me on the go and and was nicely produced because when you the minute i hear um distance class that's exact i just think someone put a a, <laughs> a webcam at the back and and mm -hmm. and mic'd up the the professor and that's what i'm watching and in some rooms, yeah, we still have that. We've got a, a PTZ in the back wall if it's yep. a 400-person lecture hall. We've got a couple of those on campus. Yeah. And the instructor's wearing a wireless microphone. And, you know, depending on the instructor, if they're if they're comfortable, yeah, some of them might go to the Crestron and s select a different preset shot or, or zoom the camera in. And some of them just kind of let it go. Yeah. I just teach. I mean, I'm not, saying every, other, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not saying every class has to be, you know, a Michael Bay movie. I'm right. just saying, yeah. Although that would be, that would be, fun that would be cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're, you're in your chemistry class and next thing you know, there's a huge explosion on screen. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. one of the things I, I heard. Yeah. Something I heard yesterday too, is you, you don't want your professors to also be video producers. Yeah. And right. professors don't necessarily want, they want to still be, they want to teach, you know, they want to get their content out there and teach and you have to, you know, it's, they want to, and it has to be as easy as possible for them to get that content out there. Because, that, you know, they're, they're going to have different levels of tech savviness. Yeah. You know, well, so you, you got to, and that's part of the thing we, you know, I help do in our, our central IT team help do in our teaching or our, our center for educational innovation help do is like, let's have, we had multiple training sessions. It's like, and that I think is always the key for the end user on any technology is you got to, you have to train them. Yeah. You well, I think comfortably use at least the basics. I think I think you've provided something though. What you've done is, you, you've provided you've provided every option. So you've provided a way mm -hmm. for a professor to do what they've done for thirty years, if that's the way they want to do it, and it'll stream from the PTZ yeah. camera in the back. They can be in the front of a room with the twenty students or thirty or a hundred that still come, and the other two hundred mm -hmm. at home, right? So you you provide the easy right. frictionless interface for those instructors. You provide these other levels for people who are more interested in technology, right? Like the pocket studio, they could go do something or the engineering schools doing their mm -hmm. thing, or you have the digital access classroom um, that is almost like, um, you know, can become an ask for an instructor, right? Like, hey, I saw this other class and they were doing this. How did they do that? Oh, they were using this thing. Well, how do I get hours in there? Or how can I use that to teach class, right? right? I mean, you, mm -hmm. I, I assume you have the ones who are more interested in technology engaging with you and your team and saying, I would like to use some of these other resources because I have some really cool ideas for how I would like to deliver content as an instructor. And so some of them are. Yeah. Yeah. So you provide that. Yeah. Path. And, and some of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are, are working from home too. You know, they're not, they're not coming to school. Yeah. You know, for one reason or the other. And that, so yeah, they're going to use your recording system at home or they're going to use zoom from their house. 
yeah or from their office so they have to do that way and our, and our library system too our library has a couple of studios with a green screen as well we had had a couple instructors over the summer go and use that yeah so, and I smart. Think, yeah and i think some other ones across campus are using it too so it's it's yeah. a whole new world really so it, so it, question for you does ahead. does digital does digital learning does 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 active online classes across the board does it increase uh enrollment or is it just the same amount of enrollment but less physical bodies um i mean it's definitely for us right now there's less physical bodies on campus right um I, in terms of increased i haven't looked at the enrollment numbers but i know for sure i know i mean what i what i know is we had um you know, this fall semester compared to last fall, we had almost a 90% reduction in density in our classrooms. Oh, wow. And um, one of the numbers here I'm looking at, um, so like the first day of classes this semester, you know, they're saying we had about 900 students in an in-person class, as opposed to almost 7,000 students in an in-person class in fall of 2019. So we are, you know, we have, in terms of the number of students walking around the campus, yeah, it's, it's a lot less. Um, we still have a number of dorms, um, and some are, you know, home, wherever home is. Right. We're also, we're a 30,000 student university and we get students from all 50 states and numerous countries around the world. Right. So for a lot of students, they, they couldn't come back even if they wanted to. Yeah. Right. Um, but in terms of enrollment, I'm not, I'm not sure if we've increased or dropped, to be honest. I'm just, I'm just wondering if it's the same thing, like you mentioned with trade shows where a virtual trade show provides you the opportunity to attend something you otherwise may not have been able to. I'm just wondering if that's what digital classes and, and, and online classes have, have provided. Like I'd be interested. I know someone like probably like Joe way would probably know, you know, kind of know if there's a study behind that to say, mm -hmm. yeah, actually there is more enrollment in post-secondary education due to online classes or so, that'd be, I'd be interested to know that. Yeah. I, I always said, you know, a couple of years ago when we, because initially we didn't live stream our classes, we would just record them. And then right. our old lecture capture system was just a bandwidth hog. And we were finding out if a student was off campus, if their wireless wasn't that great, they were really struggling to watch the lectures. So that's when we started live streaming. And then one of the things I kind of thought was, you know, what this live streaming then allows and the recording then allows is if I'm a student and I need to take this class in the business school and I need to take this other class somewhere you know, and say they're at the same time, you know, if yeah. I know this class is recorded, I can go back to my dorm and watch it later that night and I can go to this class in person or I can, you know, right. watch this class now or I can watch this class now and I can go to work for three hours because, you know, I'm a student and I, I need money. Yeah. So it does have the advantages that way as well. Yeah, I think the flexibility, I mean, for me, honestly, remembering my, my PTSD from college, for me, honestly, it was trying to figure out how to get the classes in in the days that I had. Like, mm -hmm. hey, right. I, need, I need these two classes to graduate. There's not, there aren't enough students in the zoology program where I'm at for them to offer this in spring and fall. So they only offer it in spring. And the two classes are only both offered in spring on the same day at the same time. And now I got to take I got to do, I got to wait a year to get that other credit mm -hmm. done, as opposed to like what you're saying, you know, you could, in this case, the, the virtual access, if there's an option there, it also helps people yeah. complete, complete their coursework quicker. 
right? Because you're not tied yes. to Tuesday, Thursday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8 a.m. and only in the spring. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, geez, now, well, if I take that one next year, then I can't take the other, I can't take the math class I need to take. You know, like it, it's really hard sometimes right. to balance that. I think that would be a huge, I think talking yeah. to a student and say, if you are serious about coming here, getting your credits done and, and getting them done in a way that you can work, you know, you can still work and support yourself through school, et cetera, that we make that possible because of this flexibility in the way you can do classes. I mean, that would be a huge mm -hmm. selling right. point to me if I was telling my daughter, you know, who's going to be going to college next year. Um, holy crap. Um, you know, like what to be looking for, <laughs> right? Like that would be a huge, a huge, uh, you know, unlock would have been a huge unlock for me to get through school. I, I was rather frustrated oh, yeah. with, with the whole process, honestly, just, I'm not a good planner anyway. Honestly, that's like my weak uh -huh. point. So when you give me a catalog of 800 things and say, you got to get 40 of them done and, but there's no linear way to do it, then I'm like, oh, geez, this is going to be a mess. What's your follow through, Mark? What's, <laughs> what's your follow through? Uh, hey, two, that was one three, of the things I, two, I, two, two on follow through. Yeah. <laughs> follow through the second, I told our instructors right? too. Yeah. As kind of, you know, one of the things I told our instructors too was, you know, because of this digital access program, you know, when I was, you know, going through and training people back in March and over the summer on our tools was, you know, because we are, a lot of our students have gone through some of these classes, this transition might be a little bit easier for our students than maybe right. some other departments across campus, you know, so it kind of helped ease their mind. And yeah, I'd say, could, could that be a selling point for our, for our school too? When they're recruiting, when we have open houses that we've been doing this for years. So if we have to, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, there, there is, unfortunately, there's still no you know, end in sight, really. So it's like we, we could be into this for a little while. I can, yeah, I can, I can tell you from experience right now, my, my oldest son is in grade 10 and mm -hmm. he had to change, he, he, he did change to online school this year. And at first I, I, I was afraid because I thought these school systems have never done this before. And then strangely enough, we actually learned that the high school he attends or the, the, system that he attends they've been running high school online for like the last 10 years oh that's awesome and so it was when when i heard that i can tell you right now when i heard that it it, it did instill confidence in me that mm -hmm. okay good you know at least they already know what they're doing they've got the staff to support how they're doing it this is nothing new to them um the only thing that changed in our area to be honest was that <clears throat> that same high school platform they basically took it and applied it to elementary school kids and had to adapt it there mm -hmm. um which i have kids attending that and that's been successful too but i was yeah. i like you said I, I think if i heard that you had already been doing this for 10 years i would feel better as especially because as a student in post-secondary or higher ed you're paying for this right yeah. so i don't want to i don't want to pay for some junk yeah course you know well, i don't want to that's that's yeah I yeah, was, my, my uh, oldest is, is uh, in second grade and we, we, um, we had the option. We could either send him a couple days a week and be home the other yeah. couple days, or we can stay online and we decided to keep him home all online. And his teacher is extremely tech savvy. And she was, you know, she was an elementary school teacher for years and years. And then for five, six years, she was like the ed tech person in the district. So she was help setting up classrooms at different elementary schools. And then she came back and taught again. So we were, and she is just a, a wizard with all the different tech tools. Yeah. And and it's good because the, the tools they're they're changing too. You know, they use they use Google Meets and they're starting to use Google Classroom now. Well, Google 
I think Google Classroom just got breakout rooms within like this the month here of October. You know, it's like we, you know, we're using Zoom. We, we, we're taking breakout rooms for granted, right? So the tools yeah. are always changing as well. And they got to stay on top of that. So kudos to all the teachers to, you know, learn the tech. And then they have to be creative too. Because I was, you know, I remember back in March thinking, well, how do you do an art class online? Yeah. Right? How do you do dance class online? And there was one, I remember one story, there's a school in Michigan, their theater, when the pandemic struck and everyone shut down, their theater department um, was in rehearsals. They were going to do, um, I believe it was Macbeth. And they ended up doing Macbeth over Zoom. They had every student you know, <laughs> get a Zoom account and everyone just kind of, you know, did the play that way. So and apparently it was very well received too. Yeah. That's crazy. I saw, you know, you're talking about plays. I saw Fallon, you know, Jimmy Fallon from Tonight Show. He did, uh, he did the helpless song from Hamilton with the cast of Hamilton. Um, and they all did it mm -hmm. via Zoom together. And so, yeah, you know, that's he, cool. he's done those in the, in the room before with some bands where they'll kind of like impromptu use stuff in the room as instruments and they'll recreate mm -hmm. one of their hit songs or something in person. But they actually did it, um, you know, all the harmonies and all the harmonizing and, and uh, did it all over Zoom, which was really, really, really cool to see that people are getting creative that way. I, Jared, what you yeah, said yeah, was, that's... I was just tell Jared, what he said was funny about the, um, the instilling confidence. I, I think it's a competitive advantage too, because, you know, like you said, people are paying obviously for, for higher education and to know that, um, to know that they're, to know that places like, uh, you know, University of Buffalo are doing you know, all these extra ways to try to create engagement, to try to make sure they're creating class courses that are worth watching. Um, you know, I saw the joke about, uh, about streaming services. I don't know if you saw this online, but there was a, a joke about like streaming services and, you know, Netflix is, you know, $144 a year and Disney plus is $84 a year and Hulu's 120 and Harvard is $52,000 a year for their streaming service. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. like, it's like, okay, well, you know, if, if we're just going to throw everything up on, if it's just on zoom and it's not engaging and it's not compelling and we're just using a, what people perceive as a free platform as just a, you know, a barrier to get uh, to entry to clear a, a minimum barrier to entry, you know, I think it, it, that creates a little bit of, of, of potential for dissent and, and decreased perceived value, right? And I think when right. somebody has somebody like you on staff, um, you know, my takeaway, and because we got to wrap here in a couple minutes, but my takeaway from yep. listening to you and just everything that sounds like you've brought to the table where you're at is like, you know, if you're, if you're a business or a university, like you need to get somebody like Kevin because they, they understand yeah. what it's, what people need to be doing when they're on camera. They understand technology in different ways to utilize it. They understand how to scale it from a, like you said, from a pocket studio to a full digital classroom to just doing something that streams a space that you already have. Um, but just somebody like yeah. you on staff and, and, you know, really put some effort into creating a studio. Like my, those are the two things I'm sitting here thinking. And I, I thought this before COVID, I wanted to take one of our, wanted to take one of our rooms in our big office and turn it into a podcast studio. I'm like, we can do our marketing videos in there. We can do all our key lighting, get, oh, yeah. get it all lit and set up. We can do our little five minute, five minute podcast. We can do our, our 20 minute podcast in there. We can do marketing videos. We can do outreach. We can do training sessions. Like we need a studio here. Like we do a lot of digital. Yeah, well, it doesn't we cost a lot of money anymore. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, a few thousand dollars, you can get something decent. 
I mean, you don't need the, you know, you mentioned like the three monitors before with the, yeah. you know, your gallery here. You, you don't need that. Yeah. And, and yeah. You know, and the other thing is space is also at a premium. Yeah. Too, right? I mean, you may not necessarily have the space for something like that. And well, it's like you, like you said, the, the, the tech, it's like, it, I almost go back to the same conversation that I've, I've been having about digital signage for like the last five years where the hardware is whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I know I might hurt some feelings there, but the, when, he, when it gets down to the hardware is whatever, it's the content. Content is yes. king. Right? Yes. The content value has to be there. And, and that's, what, that's what it sounds like you're bringing to the table. And um, that's, that's maybe what's lacking at some, of the, at some of those distance learning and some of those online learning platforms. Sorry, my phone's ringing here. I'm getting junk calls. There no, it. that's okay. Yeah, it's probably, no. I, I, it's probably people <laughs> calling you, asking you how you, how you landed a spot on our show. Say, <laughs> I, you know what? Ohm's Law is, was one of the few formulas I actually remember. That's so funny. <laughs> I remember, I remembered it, uh, PIV and VIR. Yep. That's how I remembered it. I mean, if you believe in, if you believe in science, it's, it's whatever. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think, I yeah, think I'm also that, like, just, just real quick. I, um, our pseudoscience. Digital science. You touched on digital signage there. Um, I'm really excited about the Invixa and ES that partnership too. I think that's going to be very interesting. Mm. Um, as I, know, I, I know nothing about digital signage, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they're going to come up with. I know that that, that show could use classes. some. That's all I'll yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, they needed some. They needed a revamp. I'm sitting here thinking yeah. as we're as we're closing here. I was sitting here thinking of Kevin's phone call. It's probably one of the textbook, one of the text interactive. <laughs> text it it I was, was a um. It, it was spam. So there you go. I was I was thinking earlier. Oh, they left me a voice. Uh oh. You're saying they were going after your professors, and I'm just sitting here imagining a professor yeah. being on campus, somebody strolling in the office during open <laughs> office hours sitting down like, I don't recognize you from Zoom or my class. Oh no, I'm here from Parsons Interactive and I'd like to talk to you about you. <laughs> hey, are you from St. Louis? <laughs> are, are you from Kentucky? Yes, Louisville, Kentucky. Are you from Louisville? Louisville, Kentucky? that's what it was. Yeah, not St. Louis. Cause Sorry, sounds, what, what am I thinking? Louisville. Albright. Yeah, there you go. Louisville. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like you live down in New Orleans, it's Nolens. Nolens and Louisville. Yeah. Nolens, yeah. And, and Worcester instead of Wor Worcester. Yeah. Worcester. Yes. See, we just take syllables out. Sauce. Yeah. I need to take some syllables out of where I'm at. We're in Rancho Santa Margarita. We have like, it's, it doesn't even fit when you try to fill in your city, like on one of the paper forms or on the w online website, mm -hmm. they cut you off usually at like 14 characters. I can't eat. We're, we're in Rancho Santa Marg <laughs> right. most of the time. <laughs> what's the, um, what, what's the one university out there? Cal State, San Luis. Abispo, Abispo yep. or something like that. Yep, Cal State. Yeah, that, that's a mouthful too. They say slow though. They they call that slow. S L O okay. is slow. So they, they they do give some. They've abbreviated that too. <laughs> yeah. They take they took a lot no, of syllables out of that one. And the SUNY system here, we have a school that's um, environmental science and forestry. So they just go like SUNY ESF. Like, yep. There you go. Say all that stuff. The, exactly. None of that. Well, hey, Kevin, I, I am so glad you answered the question and that you had time to come on today. It was kind of short notice. I did it as kind of a gambit and threw a question out there and said, hey, let's see if somebody answers and wants to come on the show. And uh, you did. I, I learned a ton. And I, I think people who are out there talking yeah. to clients may have may have found a way, you know, if we want to add value, um, send them this podcast or send them this podcast. 
um, let them hear what a studio could do for their school or their business and then help them navigate yeah. those waters if you're an integrator i mean it sounds like a great great way to use this going forward so i, I love i love just hearing what other people are doing right because you get so pigeonholed into your your yeah. field that I, I yeah i just love learning what other people do in 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 the av industry yeah no you I, can't at, at this point you can't pigeonhole anymore and i think um i want to say scott tyner from uh, bates and Maine, yep. he, he was um saying oh yeah you know if you're in higher ed av you're an end user and you're an integrator in a lot, yeah in a lot of cases yep so yeah for sure so it's my uh, pleasure mark Th thanks for uh thanks for having me good gentlemen yeah of course well hey thanks everybody for joining us on av daybreak we'll put be putting uh out some uh some tips and tricks on twitter based on based on this so keep an eye out on that and uh we'll see you guys next week take care thank you take care Thank <music> you.